Grace, mercy, and the peace of our God, the one who gives us rest, who gives us peace, be and abide with you today. Amen. Today, as we reach Hebrews chapter 4 in our series about greater than, looking at how the book of Hebrews compares Jesus with other things, we reach this chapter that talks about rest and the timing is surprising to me, just for me, well, and my family. So it's marching band season, which means yesterday, the Milpitas marching band went to Hollister and uh, had a competition there, and the show was done at 9, the start time for the show was 9.11. The show is roughly six minutes long, so it was done around 9.17 or so, and then we hauled all the gear back to where the buses and the trucks and everything were, and people were loading up the trucks, and there was one more band to play, and then there were awards to be given, and then we put everything else in the trucks and the buses and got all the people loaded, and then we drove back. And we left Hollister at like 10 o'clock, which put us back at the Milpitas campus at 11.30. And I got home at, I made a note of it, roughly 12.30. By the time we got there and unloaded trucks, and so I'm, I'm tired today, and I suspect that I'm not the only one. So, if you want to participate, this is a participatory part, if you want to participate in this, stand up, will you? Don't worry, you won't have to be standing too long, I don't think. <laughs> You're too tired. 1.30 is when we were going to bed. 12.30 is when we got in the door, I think. So sit down now if you've ever had trouble falling asleep. Okay, that's almost everybody. If you're still standing, sit down. If your mind has been racing so much you woke up in the night and then struggled to go back to sleep. How about if you've stayed up late trying to get something done and then lived on less than needed rest? I don't know if you're participating, if you're on the stream, but everyone in the sanctuary is seated except for me, and I would have sat down a while ago if there was a chair here, because all of those are true for me. There's a few more. Um, we can go on. If you've ever had pain, stress, or worry, or for any other cause, had trouble sleeping, or if you felt worn out, wiped out, and just beat. We feel that. We feel worn out. We feel tired. We're ready to say, give me a break sometimes. Because we're running on empty often. Often out of energy, out of vitality. And everyone has faced some level of tiredness the last 20 months who's been worn out. Tired of wearing a mask? Tired of dealing with the pandemic-related stuff? We're tired of it, right? It's important, but aren't we tired of it? Oh, just sick of it. And it's exhausting, right? I have to remember this. I have to do this thing. I have to, you know, all the little things. How, how many times have you gotten somewhere and said, Oh, no. The mask stayed at home. <laughs> I can't go in the building or whatever. Like, uh, Or are we tired of the way other people are dealing with it? 
or not? Are we tired of just the whole thing? We're so tired. And it's not just the tired of the details of it, but it's exhausting, right? Just this, it's an additional burden, honestly. You know, and, and there's also the fear factor, too, and, and it's real. And people have suffered, and people are suffering, and it is hard. It's a hardship for us as individuals and as a church. It's hard, and we have not just COVID, but all the other things that we have to deal with. We're, we're, we can be emotionally tired, psychologically wiped out, physically spent, spiritually empty. Burnout doesn't just happen when the wildfires run out of fuel. Burnout happens to us. We get burned out, and we all need rest. It's a biological need for us. Just physically, we need rest. But did you know that there are species of animals that don't? Jellyfish, never sleep. Sea urchins, no rest. They don't have any brains. No, for real, like that's serious actually. Um, so the next person that says, well, I don't need sleep, you can just say, you're brainless. Because um, all of us with a brain have to sleep. Baby dolphins, you know you have a baby, what do they do? They sleep and they eat and they need a diaper change. And that's what they do. But baby dolphins, for the first month, never sleep. Wow, really? But if you're a dolphin and you're swimming around in the ocean and there are sharks, sleeping is probably not a good idea. And the mother also doesn't sleep during that first month. Ocean animals in general don't sleep a lot, whales and dolphins just a few minutes at a time. If you're a mammal and you live underwater, sleeping is kind of complicated, right? Because you have to breathe, important. I also read this, that giraffes only sleep for a few minutes at a time. It's hard to lay your head down if it's like 25 feet in the air. So, and horses, kind of similar, just a few minutes at a time. I also read that migratory birds on long flights are believed to do a unihemispheric sleep, where one half of the brain is sleeping while they're doing the long migratory flight. So if you've ever wondered, how is it that birds can fly from wherever they are to wherever they go, they're sleeping and flying at the same time. Don't try that driving on a long trip. Not advised. We don't have that gift to have one half of our brain asleep while the other's awake. And then I think switch, what I read about it was scientists are, think this is how it works, but it's hard to test that because you can't have a bird in a lab on a long migratory flight. And you can't, you know, join a bird on its long migratory flight to test it. So I don't know how, I mean, that's probably someone's good belief. But sleep is important, and sleep is important to us. We have a picture somewhere, and probably in a scrapbook, of Max when he was little, like this old. And Max used to like to draw in color, which, you know, majoring in fine art, um, was just natural for him. When he was a little kid, we could just put paper out and he would draw in color for a long time. Just we thought every kid must do that. Didn't work out that way, but that's fine. Um, but one time he was drawing um, and it was like papers spread out, I think on a couch. 
and he was standing there drawing and coloring, and he got tired, and he fell asleep, still standing, leaning against the couch. He was sound asleep. Have you done that before? Falling asleep into a book, falling asleep in a class or an important meeting, an interview, hopefully not. Sleep is important for us, and sometimes we just need sleep right now. You've heard of FOMO, fear of missing out. It's an acronym. Recently, we got a video that someone sent, um, FOMS, fear of missing sleep. And it's like this parody music video, and um, Mom's Got FOMS was how the song went. And it's particularly funny to us because Paula, for our family, is the one who requires sleep and will get up in the middle of whatever's going on and go to bed if it's that time because it's important. And it's important to get the rest that we need. Rest is critical for us. Studies show that power naps can fill the gap, but you can't live on that. I was out biking one time, and I met a guy that was, um, we just ended up riding together for a bit. And he was telling me about rides that he had done, or, um, and one of them, I don't know if I'm putting two details of two rides together, but he rode like this really long ride that started in Paris and included like overnight riding. And I thought, well, that's dangerous and difficult because what happens when you're riding overnight and you've ridden a lot of miles and it's dark and you're just staring at that white line on the road with a little tiny headlight or whatever and it might start to get hypnotizing like it can do when you're driving at night. How does that work? You're on a bicycle, you're on two wheels and there might be cars or trucks going by. How does that work? What do you do when you're too tired to continue? He said, what you do is you pull your bike over to the side of the road and you, you know, get it situated and then you lay down in the grass and you go to sleep. And in like 20 minutes, your body temperature, your core temperature will drop three degrees and the adrenaline will create hydrocortisol or something like that. And that will like give you energy because that adrenaline and the like body chemicals will kick in and that will carry you for another two to three hours of like full energy. Okay. That sounds a little bit crazy. <laughs> and you couldn't live on that, right? We can't live sometimes on the rest that we get or try to squeeze in. And furthermore, we can be so restless, right? We can be so restless in our lives, unsettled, unsatisfied, continuing to try to do and accomplish and create and never feeling at peace and never feeling at rest and just feeling like there's something missing, there's something more, that we are struggling to find that, that peace. P-E-A-C-E and P-I-E-C-E. We're trying to find that peace, the missing peace and the missing peace in our lives. And everything is harder when you're tired. Lori and the youth were talking about Disney. And just a few weeks ago, Paula and I went to Disney. And so, you know, I'm the person who wants to get every 
last drop of what we've, you know, paid for <laughs> from being there. So I want to stay till it closes. And so do a lot of other families, some of whom have young children. And after 9 p.m., those kids are done. They've been walking in the warm sun all day. And they're tired. And you know how you can tell when the kid is tired? Because it's screaming its head off. <laughs> and we heard a kid that we were like, wow, that, that, kid's, that kid's tired. And parents who were also tired, who weren't responding with great care and compassion. Everything's harder when you're tired. We seek relief on our own. What we can find, what we can get, the relief we find is temporary at best when we find it in this world. We still try to fill the gaps on our own power. We do more, we sleep less, we multitask, we work harder. But it never works. We need a Sabbath rest. We need a Sabbath. At creation, God rested on the seventh day. And here in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, at verse 4, it says, For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Genesis chapter 2 is the somewhere that the writer of Hebrews mentions. And verses 2 and 3 tell the whole story that's the first use of the word Sabbath in the Bible. First time that that word uh, appears in Scripture is here in, in Genesis chapter 2. And it's what Hebrews is pointing back to, that God rested. That word Sabbath is where we get our word sabbatical. They're related. <clears throat> so if you've ever known someone who's taken a sabbatical, like a professor at a college or you know, a professional of some level who had to take some time away, do something different, take a break, that sabbatical is related at least in the, is it etymology? Is that the word? I always confuse that one with the one about bugs. That's entomology, right? Etymology of the word. Sabbatical is the same as Sabbath. So we need a Sabbath. God didn't really need rest. You ever think about that? God's had one day off, ever. Right. And he didn't need to take it. God doesn't need sleep. You know, he never slumbers or sleeps. Like, God never rests. He's always doing. He's the creative God of the universe, right? And so it says God rested on the seventh day. That wasn't for him. That was for us. That was to model for us taking that Sabbath, taking that rest that we so desperately need, and God knew it. Jesus rested in the tomb. And we know that because Hebrew, or sorry, Luke chapter 23, beginning at verse 53, talks about his burial. Joseph took the body of Jesus down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. And I think there's a double meaning there, that the Sabbath was beginning means the day of the Sabbath. That it was Friday night going into Saturday. And the way that the Hebrew um, week works is that a day is from sundown to sundown, right? When the clock was, 
past midnight this morning, we were talking about it's Sunday now. In the mindset of people in Jesus' day, that would have happened when the sun set. It was then the next day. So the Sabbath was beginning. Jesus was buried at the very end of Friday as the sun was setting and it was becoming the Sabbath. But I think there's more there. That the Sabbath was beginning was the rest of Jesus in the tomb. And the Bible in a few places connects death and rest. When Jesus is speaking about Lazarus, he says he has fallen asleep. And his disciples are like, well, if he fell asleep, he's going to wake up. And Jesus said, no, he died. And there's elsewhere that connects death and sleep. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Matthew 27, Daniel 12, Acts 7. All these places talk about sleep when they're really referring to death. And then he fell asleep. Stephen, at, at his stoning, then he slept. He rested with his fathers in the Old Testament in a number of places when it's talking about someone who died. So there's a, a, a rest in death that Jesus experienced on a Sabbath 2,000 years ago. But we don't wait till then. Because God commanded that we rest. In Exodus chapter 20, six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. God said not to work to take that day and not do work. And a group of us is going to the Holy Land this coming summer, assuming that we, you know, things stay relatively the same. The the group is going to travel. We'll be in Jerusalem um, on a Saturday. And so we'll be there for the Sabbath, and we will experience what that means, which is elevators where the the, um, hotels, where the elevator will stop on every floor, and the doors will open, and the doors will close, and it'll go to the next floor, all the way up and all the way down, all day long, just continually moving. Why? Because pushing the button when you get on the elevator would be work. It's important to take that time away from our work, but pushing the button on the elevator is not what we believe God had in mind. It's not the rest that we're supposed to be taking. God told us it's good to take time off. But the way that Luther interpreted that in the commandment was to not despise teaching in God's word, but gladly hear and learn it. So the rest that God was commanding, yes, physical rest, but also to rest in him. Also to rest in Christ. The gospel narrative The disciples are struggling with their hunger and they're picking heads of grain and eating it. And it's the Sabbath and so the Pharisees are freaking out because they're good at that. Because they're working on the Sabbath and they're doing what's not lawful to do, 
And Jesus then draws their attention right to their own hearts. What if you had a sheep in a pit? What would you do? It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. To, to take action on the Sabbath that is good to do, that is helpful to do. So it's not anti-movement, sit at home on the couch because to stand up would be work. That's not it. It's to rest in God, to find our confidence in Him, and to not pursue the God that work can become for us, and to truly rest in peace. God gives us rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. We heard these words. For we who have believed enter that rest. The writer of Hebrews is talking about the people of Israel who didn't enter the rest of God. The people who wandered, the people who were so like, we need this God, we need that God, and then were fearful of the people in the land. That's in the middle of the book of Numbers. When the spies go in and then it's like, well, we can't do it. Most of the spies, except for two. The two are like, God's with us, let's go. But the other spies, nope. So Caleb and Joshua get to lead the people after, after 40 years. And Joshua gets to lead them into the land, but Joshua doesn't get to give them rest. In fact, Hebrews 4 talks about that, that if their rest had been found and Joshua had been able to give them that rest, then they wouldn't have talked about a day in the future. We're living in that future because that rest has been given to all who believe, a spiritual rest in God that we have peace with him through the forgiveness of our sin, that we can have confidence in our eternity and a peacefulness that passes all understanding. A peace that gives us the ability to rest every day. In a confidence that we have in Christ alone. Jesus invites us to rest. And I spoke these words in the absolution today. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you Jesus goes on, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And a bit further down, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we're worn out from the world, rest in Jesus. If we're burned out from our burdens, let's rest in Jesus. If we're weighed down and weary from all of it, from all the things that we were thinking about 15 minutes ago, rest in Jesus. Find that rest, that peace. His yoke is easy. He carries the load. He trains us how to walk, where to go. Come to Jesus if you're weary, because we can rest in his grace. Verse 16, the end of this section from Hebrews chapter 4 says this, 
Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. <sighs> Sometimes when you have trouble resting, sleeping, what we really need is to find our rest in Jesus to approach the throne of his grace, to cast our burdens upon him, to receive that peace that comes only from our Father, and to rest in Christ alone. We can rest in him, sustained by the love of Christ for us. Who needs rest? Rest in Jesus. Who do we know who needs rest? Share that peace that we have in